So, got any good jokes? Jokes, jokes, jokes. Uh, you know, nothing that I haven't, you know, most of my jokes are from are from children that I've heard recently from my nieces and nephews. So they're not good jokes. So. Well, uh, if you told know. me one of those jokes, what would they sound like? Man, what was what was the one my nephew told me? Oh, man. Um I don't even remember what he told me. It was such a, it was such a child joke. It's like, I like you don't normally laugh at it. It's just like something and you're like, okay. Like the punchline is brown dog. Yeah. It was something about like a frog, but it was like, man, it's so weird. I can't even remember now. Well, you won't have to worry about the punchline being frogs on the squad games podcast. Hey everybody. It's me, Giacomo. Today I'm joined by Brett. Brett, say hello to everybody. Hey everybody. And I'm glad they, they said hi back, probably. Good. I think so. I like to think so, too. How's your day been, man? It's been pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, been a busy one, but uh, I'm glad to be here. Super excited to talk some Kill Team. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, normally, I have our other host here, Dakota, but he's preoccupied today. He has some stuff that's going on. Understandable. It's going to happen. It's part of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at this point, I would like to let everyone know that we're affiliated with Frontline Gaming. So if you're thinking about getting some product from their secondhand store or are going to a Frontline Gaming event like the Bay Area Open or the Atlantic City Open, and you'd like to support the podcast, consider using our affiliate link. Every purchase made using our link helps us bring more of these episodes to you. I'd also like to thank our patrons. They too help us make these episodes possible and allow us to run more events here on the West Coast. Thank you guys so much. Well... Let's let me ask you this question. Sure. A lot of changes have happened to Kill Team within the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for all those changes? I am. Um, everything that I've seen so far has been some pretty good changes, I think. Um, super excited about a lot of it. Um, I can't wait to test more of it, too. I haven't gotten to do a whole lot yet. But as far as I can tell, it seems like everything has been a pretty good change. So some super exciting stuff. Yeah, naturally. And of course, if they want to keep the game relevant, they got to keep adding stuff. And I'm all for it because that gives me more things to do on certain days. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you get to play a lot of Kill Team throughout the week or? You know, not not normally. Um, it's it's declined a little bit recently just because, uh, you know, my main group, we've been focusing on on uh, recording and things for our channel and other stuff like that. So that that does take away, you know, a little bit of time from just your normal play. Not to mention there is a little bit of a distance between my group. So um, we don't get to see each other as often. But uh, pretty much whenever we're together, usually every couple of weeks or so, we'll get in several games. So it, it comes in waves. Yeah, it, it can be difficult finding a group that you can try to meet as consistently with. But since you were talking about your channel, I actually have noticed that you guys have been doing some battle reports now. Yeah, we um, we just released our third battle report. We got a fourth one on the way, and yeah, we're, we're super excited about it. We have a lot of content planned. Um, we're we're even taking requests from people at this point just to know what people want to see, so we can start working on it, getting our teams painted up. I mean, we have we have everything, so you know, we're really just ready to put content out. We're excited about it. And where can people find that content? 
They can find us over at the Six Sided Legion YouTube channel. Uh, we're on YouTube. We are on Reddit. We are on Twitter. Uh, pretty much all the major platforms you can find us at. I like that. That's good to hear. I have been watching your channel. It's a lot of fun. I do enjoy your, uh, your little more short form, you know, kind of usually going more towards the 30, 40 minutes, which I like. It gives me enough yeah. time to, to watch it. It's like a good taste. And then I can come back for more later. Yeah, we definitely try to keep it, you know, a little bit more compact. It's tough to do with a whole game of Kill Team, you know, but it's, uh, I think it's a little bit more manageable than, you know, let's say big 40K, so... That's definitely true. You know, when you watch like 40K in 40 minutes, there's so much editing that has to go in to cut it down. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it really makes you appreciate all that, though. It's, yeah. I mean, you know, the work that, that gets put into is, is astounding. So I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, who is, who else is part of the just six sided legion? Yeah. So we have, uh, Blaine Severson, uh, Nate Husted, and Ethan Proy. We're all kind of, uh, we all started and got into Kill Team together and just kind of decided one day, I mean, several months back now, they're like, hey, let's just start a YouTube channel. I feel like we could make content for this. And yeah, so we've just been working on it ever since. And you're showing the boys and girls at homes that you really can do it all. You really I can, believe, yeah. uh, Last time I met Blaine and that was at Kill Team Open, right? Yep, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And you were playing Casterkins then. I was. Still yes. You still playing them today? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm not playing them as much anymore, just because I've been, you know, checking out some other stuff. But uh, now with the the recent buff and all that, I have a lot more testing I want to do with them. So it's it's pretty exciting. That's what I was going to ask a lot about, since you're, to my knowledge, the most familiar person I know about Kasserkin. That does oh, yeah. seem to be the rumor flying around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll take it. You know, it's I'm OK with with that title, I guess it's being number one. Apparently. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, yeah I'll take it. You know, it's, yeah, well, well, before we move on to Kazakhans, just let's ask a few more things uh, just to kind of get to know you more on a personal level. Yeah. So how long have you been playing Kill Team for? Uh, let's see. So I've been playing Kill Team for probably a little over a year now. Um, I think I first tried the last edition of Kill Team. Um, Nate from our group, he he tried to get all of us into it a long time ago. And I just remember it not really like clicking. You know, it was my first ever experience with anything 40K. And I just remember like just something, something was off. I wasn't a huge fan of it at the time. It didn't really grab me. But then a little over a year ago, you know, he was he was really adamant about it. And he was like, hey, let's try it again. There's a new edition. You know, I didn't really think too much of it. I was like, OK, we'll try it out. And now, uh, I remember. Uh, go, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So I remember that that first game that we played was Octarius. You know, we had Commandos and Vetguard. And it just it felt so much better. And I just loved it. Like moving forward, I think we we started playing regularly and learning the rules. And oh man, I can't even tell you how wrong we were playing the game at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, a pretty common thing. We all get it wrong, especially figuring out line of sight and oh yeah, what can be shot with obscuring. <laughs> Definitely. So what what was it that you didn't really like about the game in the beginning when you first tried it? You know, I didn't really care for. Um, you know, a lot of it was was essentially the rules from 40K, but on a much smaller scale. 
Mm-hmm. And coming from not playing any 40k before to playing that, but on on a small scale, it was. I think it was odd to me how many dice you needed to roll because you needed to roll, you know, to wound and then to, um, <clears throat> or to hit to wound and to you know your your saves and all that. It seemed like a lot to me first jumping into it, um, and and I think 40k as a as a as a game can be intimidating to jump into. So I think the old edition rules were just a little bit much for me. It, I do believe when we first started as well, we had, um, and, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was some Space Marine chapter versus like, like Vet Guard or something. And I was playing Vet Guard, so I felt like I couldn't really kill anything. So as a new player, it was just rough coming in. I definitely understand that. It's If you're not teaching somebody... I guess when you, when you want to see results for new players so that they understand things are happening, you know, and this is like that, I feel good moment and it kind of makes you want to keep playing. Right. I think that's definitely important when someone's trying a game for their first time. Definitely. I totally agree. So did you play any other kind of war games before this or were you, was kill team like your absolute first? No, kill team was, yeah, it was my complete first game. Uh, none of us were really too big into it. Like I said, Nate was kind of our, our leader in all of this, he he's the one who always convinces our group to get into things. So for <laughs> me, this is totally new. You know, miniature is completely new to me. Painting was completely new to me. All of it. Well, I mean, look where you are now. You know, you have your own channel. You're doing this. So yeah. I'm glad you're picking it up. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very it's, fun hobby. Definitely. It's been, a, it's been a fun year for sure. I'm excited for more. I look forward to everything that you'll be doing and everything that will just happen in kill team in general. Um, but now let's start getting in to some of the more fun things. Uh, today we're going to be talking, like I mentioned earlier, some caster kin. And that's why I asked you to come on this episode today because you are very knowledgeable about the team. You took them to kill team open and you did pretty well with them. Yeah. What was your experience like uh, with them at KTO? Oh, I had a, you know, I had a great time. First off KTO was, was fantastic. Very good people there. You know, everything was done really well. Um, you know, and with, with eight games, there was, there was a lot. Um, and I got a lot of different experiences too. I got to play against a lot of different teams and play against people who have played against Kazarkin before, or maybe even there was a couple who had actually played them before, but not, not too much. And then a lot of people who hadn't played against them as well. So kind of got to show the team off a little bit more and uh, educate some people on how they actually work. So, and yeah, like you said, I, I mean, I did quite well. I placed 12th at the end of everything. So second in the second bracket. Um, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a ton of fun. It looked like a lot of fun. I wish I would have brought a team to play with. Yeah. Just to do like those after hours, like the, the after dark events. Right, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get to do those, unfortunately, this year. I think by the end of that first day, I was pretty exhausted, though. So, you know, power to all the people who did both. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you. know, the, yeah, the, some people had the, the endurance to do it. You know, I salute, I think more of them were probably like narrative players. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I feel like it. Cause all the, a lot of the competitive players were, were usually drinking or they were gone by that point, at least to True. my knowledge. Uh, do you have any events you plan on going to? So I'm really trying to go to the Kansas city open next. And that's in, that's an early June. Ooh. Um, I really want to get to that one. I went last year. 
And last year it was a lot smaller. I think it was only like 17 people, but it sounds like this year it's going to be bigger. I've been talking to others and it sounds like it's going to be bigger. I really like to go. You know, I feel like I've been out of it now for a while just because I haven't been to an event in a couple months, but it really hasn't been that long. (laughs) Yeah. Every time I think about Kill Team Open, I think it was like last year. And then I remember, no, it was just a few months ago. Yeah, it feels like a lot has <laughs> happened since then. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot's happened with Casterkin, so let's go ahead and yeah. let's get into the meat and potatoes for the third time now. <laughs> for sure, yeah. All right. Uh, well, when it comes to Casterkin, what was something you really liked about the team that you were like, I got to play these guys, you know? Why not Hyrotech Circle at the time? Yeah, so actually, speaking of Kansas City, that's actually where I picked up the uh, Shadow Vaults box I was there, and at the time, I was still playing Warp Coven as my main team. Wow. Yeah, and I needed I just needed a change. I had brought Warp Coven to a couple of the GW Opens, and as much as I loved that team, I just needed a change. So in talking to a couple people there, you know, I decided, okay, I don't want another elite team. I want something with, you know, a few more bodies, maybe some more specialists, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it seemed at the time that Kazarkin, you know, nobody was really talking about them. I had heard just a little bit of, you know, some people were unhappy with them in comparison to their Scion counterpart and all of that. But I thought their elite point ability was very powerful. It sounded very powerful to me, like immediately. And I thought, you know what? There's one box left here in the the shop at the Kansas City Open. I'm going to jump on this now. So I went and I bought the box and just started practicing with them. And I found that, I mean, really what I just needed was a change of teams just to try something different. And yeah, I just fell in love with them, honestly. Just having more bodies and such a cool ability felt very powerful. And uh, also, I just loved the models too. I thought the models were pretty pretty cool. So, yeah, getting their glow up from metal models before from years ago, you know, I love mm-hmm. that they're in plastic. Finally, um, it was yeah. funny that you mentioned, um, uh, man, I think you literally just mentioned them and I can't remember their name. Warp Coven? Mm, no, it was another guardsman team. Oh, Scions. Scions. Yes. <laughs> it was funny that you mentioned Scions because that was the biggest thing everyone would say all the time. When I was first looking into Kasserkins, everyone said, well, you could just play scions. They can take every kind of archetype and they have very good rules. Now, would you agree that scions are better than Kasserkins or if Kasserkins surpassed them in their, in their own way with their special rules? Yeah. So I think that's a very good question. Um, I will say that I myself have not gotten to play scions before. So people right there are probably going to be like, whoa, he doesn't have a good opinion on this. But what I will say, what I do know for sure is that their rules, they're different, right? Elite points Mm -hmm. are a weird ability. It's very hard to compare that to something else. I know that a big thing that people loved with Scions was, oh, they hit on threes and, or you can, you know, they can have ceaseless and, you know, that's reliable shooting. It is. Right. That's very true. But when you're talking about, an ability that is die manipulation. That's really hard to compare to other stuff. Cause you just, you don't know predicting what you're going to get and how you can change it. 
like that's just so hard to compare to. I, I think the ability is just so different. Um, and I think that's good too. I, I'm glad that they had such a drastic change, like from their compendium to their team. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if they're necessarily better. I know that I prefer them. I've read up on the the Scion rules before. I just I prefer the Kazarkin stuff, and that could just be me and my, you know, leaning towards the bespoke teams and away <laughs> from compendium. But that's how I feel about it. So. Now, if Dakota was here, he probably would ask you, what are your thoughts on Compendium? Should they have gotten a buff? Like, just Compendium teams in general? You know, I'm on the side of it where I think I would prefer to lean away from Compendium. It's mm. not that I, I... I don't have any problem with Compendium, but I do think, at least in a competitive setting, that we should move away from the Compendium and into the newer teams. Um... You know, I know there's a lot of popular compendium teams too, and that's that's totally fine. If they don't have a if they don't have a bespoke team or white dwarf team or anything, by all means, you know. But uh, I feel like if there's just newer rules with the with the team, you know, you might as well as play that and as is intended, and you know, just learn learn something a little bit different. That's that's what I lean towards. I agree with you in the same sense that I, I feel we should just lean towards bespoke. Dakota would argue and say that there should be a little bit of a buff for compendium. But at this point, I think we have enough bespoke where we're, we're in a place where we can just rely on bespoke for a while. Definitely. That's how I feel too. Now, when it comes to picking your Kasserkin team, what, what's your usual, like if you had to bring a take all contenders team, what mm-hmm. would you, what would you bring? So for me, it, it truly depends on what board type you're playing on, of course. Mm. Um, now, the things you're always going to take, you're always going to have one regular trooper, right? Because you have to. Right. Um, your sergeant, of course, your vox trooper, uh, your medic. Um, your recon trooper is incredibly useful as well. And then your gunners are going to change a lot. And that is going to depend on what you're going up against and the map type. Um, and then that demo trooper, sometimes I'll flex him, uh, typically on an open map, swapping him out for just another regular trooper, just because he's typically not as useful on an open board. And then uh, vice versa, on Into the Dark, taking him a lot more often than a regular trooper. So a lot of it just comes down to the team that you're playing against, you know, the gunners. I think Plasma's probably always a take, you know, and Kill Team Plasma's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, why not? Um, right. Especially with die manipulation, you know, it's, you know, Plasma, you supercharge it, see what happens, change the result if you don't like it, you know. But uh, then um, open boards, a lot of time, the sharpshooter is very lethal, uh, with the with his silent profile, he's very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, your grenade launcher is also a fantastic. He's typically I do find myself taking him probably ninety five percent of the time. Um, he's just reliable against all team types, elites, hordes, you know anything. Blast is very good on into the dark, so. Um, yeah. and then, yeah, you just, you got one more gunner and that, that's usually the flex too. That's either hotshot volley gunner or Melta. I don't know if Flamer really ever has its place at the moment, but 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, there is the, you, you can make the argument for like, you roll your five dice, you're hitting on twos. So you could probably do 10 damage if you, they make really bad saves. Yeah. I mean, maybe but, on a five up team, you know, a five up save, but that's what I'm thinking. Right. You know, yeah. so if, if those beastmen turn out to be five up armor, which uh, that's my guess. Yeah. That's you know? kind of what I would think too, but uh, who knows? I don't know for sure. Now, what kind of team do you do you struggle against when when you're playing Casterkins? So that's definitely going to be um, the more horde teams. Obviously, if they have a lot of bodies, which is uh, you know that's that's just important in kill team. Having activations is pretty big, um, so obviously that's going to be an issue. But what I will say is more of an issue is going to be the teams that are very strong in melee of course uh that was that was a big problem with pre-buff kazarkin was you don't have good melee at all mm-hmm. um so dealing with teams like void dancer troops specifically is probably one of their worst matchups that is a very tough one um void scarred corsairs can also be a very tough matchup um a lot of yeah, just melee melee focused teams that can be a problem. Right before combat knives became a thing, now. Right, yeah, and now so, that that has helped significantly, but uh, it still is a worry if you're going up against those teams. Definitely. So now is that because the damage output that those melee teams do are enough to just because t- now I believe they're eight wounds each, right? Yes, they are in leader nine. Leader nine, but it, it, I'm guessing their combat weapons are still enough to take that out. Like it's nothing. Yeah, it's it's definitely they're better now, right? Like they're doing a little bit more damage and, you know, they're a little bit tankier. That extra wound <laughs> is actually it actually does go a long way. But I figured uh, it has to, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's pretty big. Uh, the thing is, though, even if you're, you know, you're still playing against a melee focused team, you're still probably going to get taken out in two hits. But uh, it does definitely help against the the teams that don't have as strong of melee like it's probably better than yours but you know it, it does make a difference so i'm happy with the change it's it's pretty huge actually now what's a team you absolutely love seeing across the table knowing that you will do so well against it oh pretty much um probably intercession squad really yeah yeah Whoa. yeah that's a that's a very good one Honestly, because Kazakin, they do so well against elite teams. Mm-hmm. And I would rather play against Intercession than I would against Legionaries. Just because of the fact that Legionaries, um, I feel like they have a lot more a lot more sneaky plays that they can do. Whereas Intercession, maybe not so much. Yeah, more cut and dry. I, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And it's the thing is, too, is, is Kazakin, they have a lot of AP. Like you mm-hmm. can have, if you set your team up properly, you can have four sources of AP two. Really? Yep. Oh. Plus, plus you can have two more sources of AP, three more sources of AP one. <laughs> so, you know, against intercession, they, they have no invol or anything to, to help out with that. They're tanky. Yes. But that doesn't really help you too much against AP two. Right. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a matchup that's, a pretty good one. Um, yeah, that's that's like the optimal. That's what we want. But I mean, if, if that's the case, I expect uh, to see in the future 
Kasserkins to start moving up the leaderboard because I just felt like Intercession and Legionnaires were that like, if you can beat these guys, you probably can do pretty well and make it to the top. Yeah. Because they're like they, the middle ground. They definitely are. Yeah. Um, and I hope, I hope Kasserkins start rising up a little bit. Uh, that would be, I'd be super ecstatic to see that. But uh, I think it's just a matter of, you know, practice and becoming familiar with with how to play against them and how to play Kazarkin more efficient. You know, just like any team. But, yeah. Is there any overrated models that most players would probably just take and think, like, this is the best model to take, but it turns out they don't really do a whole lot in the mission? You know, I think there's not a whole lot as far as that goes, just because Kazarkin, they don't, they don't have a lot of extra options. Mm-hmm. It's probably something with a gunner. I would argue maybe, maybe with a Melta just because I mean, Melta profile, if you just look at the profile, it's, it's like, wow. Okay. That's, you know, that's probably going to kill something. That's true. But, and it probably will, especially with elite points, but it's also something where, depending on the board type, like an open board, like open board against a horde style team. I'm probably not taking that ever. There's just no point. You know, I'd much rather take your hotshot volley gunner or something else with more range. Like you don't need all of the AP against teams like that. It's, it's not really necessary. It's just kind of overkill. And yeah, there's just, those gunner options like that are probably the only situation where I could see somebody being like, Oh, that's, that's a must take, but it's really maybe not. But yeah, there's not a, not a whole lot as far as the options go for that. Well, that's good. It's good to know there's no beginner traps. You pretty much could take anything and you'll be all right. Yeah. Now, some other players I've talked to have said that vet guard and Kasserkins kind of, follow along similar lines. What do you think keeps them different? Well, you know, that is interesting because at KTO, and, and I wish Dakota were here for this. I got to play oh, against yeah. Dakota <laughs> there. Uh, we were on Kill Team Streams uh, playing, and he was he was vet guard. I was Kazarkin. And um, I can see why people would, would say that. Um, I think... Each team just has something a little bit different to offer. You know, with VetGuard, you have, and especially the, you know, the meta way to play with the ancillary support taking the four extra bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, you have some models there that honestly you can really just essentially just throw away, right? Like you don't have to really worry too much. You got 14 bodies, send them out on your objectives, do your thing, do whatever they gotta. You lose them, who cares? Right. But, Kazarkin, from what I have learned over playing them at a couple major tournaments, is that the most important thing with them, and at least pre-buff, and this is still going to be true now to an extent, but positioning is just so important with them. You know, you have 10 models, and at the time they were 7 wounds, now 8 wounds. You're saving on 4s. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it, at seven wounds, we were pretty squishy. Um, that that extra wound does help a lot. But when you lose a body on that, you just lost 10% of your team. You know, that can be pretty pretty drastic. 
mm-hmm. especially if you're playing against a horde team and now you're like super out activated, that sort of thing. So I would say you really can't, you can't be as careless with how you're placing your guys. You know, they're squishy. You need them to be on objectives, but also you really don't want to risk losing them or especially early on in the game like that. You know, maybe you have a little bit more opportunity with like vet guard to just kind of, you know, move them up, spread them out a little bit, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But I, I would argue with Kazarkin, you don't have as much of an opportunity to do that. Um, it, and then not to mention now with the with the new buff of of getting the the two extra elite points per strategic phase, you know, now we don't have to worry as much about our sergeant staying alive, right? Which is pretty huge. Um, I was definitely not expecting that in in the the data slate, but it used to be we needed to guard that sergeant for at least at least the first two turning points. You want to keep them completely safe. You know, if you can. And that was just to get the the bonus, right? Right, right. To get those extra elite points, because that was that was so huge. You know, that was the team's whole mechanic. So if you're losing him and then you're spending those points, well, all of a sudden, you know, now you are just just the same shooting as Vet Guard, slightly more damage. Hmm. Um the thing is though, is is Vet Guard, you know, their sergeant can give their orders, whereas we don't have that. And I know that was actually a big reason too, why some people were kind of um turned away from Kazarkin so they didn't mm-hmm. have any like sort of order system but um it's just uh it's different in how you need to kind of play your models like how you need to keep them a little bit more safe but also know when the right time to move out and take a, a shot would be so it's just different in the way that you I think you position your models in like in the actual game itself yeah, that's a that's an interesting take to think about because it's like you're playing an elite team, but with almost the amount of horde numbers. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's something I don't really see often. Like, I guess you could argue commandos is similar, but I don't think so. I feel like I could lose a couple orcs and still be okay. Definitely, that's and yeah, they have well, you know, and you compare health values too with the, with that team. You know, they have significantly more wounds. That's true. Kazarkin did. Because, I mean, pre-buff Kazarkin, we had, uh, what do we have? We had uh, less About, than 80 wounds. Yeah, like 71. 71 wounds. Yeah, that's that's nothing compared to Commandos had, what, over 100 plus yep. just a scratch. <laughs> and So it, it does make a difference. You lose a couple guys, you are losing a significant amount of your team. It doesn't seem like it at first, but it adds up very quickly. And I love that you touched up on the mechanic since they get their extra two uh, points. Yeah. Now, do you find yourself still kind of playing the same strategy where you try to defend your sergeant just so now you can really overwhelm an opponent because you're scoring even more points? Actually, no. Um, Now, so that was something in the buff that I was just completely not expecting. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, this might be a little bit of a hot take here, but I think it's almost too much. Really? Um, Yeah, I... Personally, I liked having to keep your sergeant alive for, you know, at least half of the game in order to benefit from that and get your points back. Now that we don't necessarily need to do that, the way I think about it, 
is okay. Now I have a second plasma that I'm moving up the board. And if he dies, then, you know, it, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I'm still getting my elite points. And now I'm just pushing up another very lethal weapon. And I don't need to spend as many elite points on him either because he's hitting on threes. So it's much more likely that I'm actually not spending that much on him. So I feel like using him that way is just more beneficial than keeping him back now. I might as okay. well just move him up. Yeah, so this way you're kind of playing with a full 10-man team instead of the full nine and then just sort of waiting for the sergeant to eventually do his stuff. Essentially, yeah. That's good. That's good. So that is a good change for the team, uh, which is, you know, you want to be able to play with all your models on the table. You don't just want someone sitting in the back doing nothing. That's not fun. Well, you know, as much as I'd like to agree, there is one situation where I think it's a little bit more beneficial, and that is the Vox Trooper. Okay. That Vox Trooper, let me tell you, during all of KTO, I think I moved him one time. Really? (laughs) One time out of eight games. He just doesn't need to move. You don't have to move him at all. You just put him somewhere and then you just hand out APL and it's it's fantastic. That is actually one of the biggest strengths of Kazarkin. That APL handing. Now, how does is his like the standard APL handing that most other teams get, or does he have like a unique way of doing it? So his is probably the best in the game. It's you can you can hand out APL to anybody anywhere on the board. You don't need visibility or anything. What? So he and you can hand out yeah, you can you can hand out two of them as well. Two of them? Yeah. Oh, so you don't man. you can essentially just shift his APL into other models. Oh, so I know. that's it's strong. So you can do that on an unactivated guy and then later they're going to activate with 3 like he can be 4 turns later. It doesn't have to be immediately activate the next guy, right? Right. So essentially what a lot of a lot of times what what I'll do is you give out APL to two guys who've already activated that you know they're in a safe spot. And then next turning point, you hand out two more APL to two other guys. And now you've got four guys at three APL. And that's so <laughs> strong with gunners and just anything in a good position. You know, that's, I would argue that is actually one of, one of Kazakin's best, best uh, utilities. Yeah. In addition with elite points to just almost guarantee a shot. Right. Oh, that's nuts. I like that a lot. Uh, I really hope that a lot of people start picking up Kassergans and really make them happen. Now, mm-hmm. when it comes to their tack ops, do you find yourself using their tack ops or do you usually just stick with the critical missions pack? No, I actually really like their tack ops. Um, oh, yeah? So they, yeah, they have, um, I think it's their, their third tack op. It's um, secure zone. I believe that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you place a token outside of six inches from your drop zone and within four inches of an enemy operative. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the turning point, if you have somebody within four inches of it and they do not, then you score you know, a VP. And then in, in the next turning point, you can move it. You can move it every turning point. Um, that one is incredibly good against elite teams just because they obviously they have less bodies. And the more you whittle them down, the harder it is for them to, you know, um, prevent you from scoring that. Mm-hmm. So that one yeah. I'm a huge fan of. Uh-huh. Um, really only against the leads, though. Against the Horde-style team, it's going to be much harder to 
to score. Right. They can have somebody bogarting that position and be like, Oh, come get it. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, stand fast is their faction tag out two. That's you need to control two or more or sorry, two and more objective markers than two your enemy and more. Yes. <laughs> so that one, that one's tricky as well. That one, you actually have to play a lot more aggressive for, um, that one is probably the one I take the least often. Um, and then their faction tag up one's vital objective. That one you have to, you pick an objective that you currently don't control. And at the end of the turning point, you control it, you get a point, and then you can change the, change the objective each turning point. That one's pretty good too. I mean, yeah. that that's also good against elites. Like just cause less bodies. And if you're able to, you know, boom, I plasma somebody off this point. Okay. Now it's mine. You know, yeah, that's pretty reliable. Yeah, you're definitely right about fighting against elite teams. You really do rock them. Just yeah. hearing these rules alone. Yeah, they're pretty powerful against elites. I, they definitely have elites have a hard time. I think against them. Uh, I think it, unless it's a team where, and again, this is why I think I prefer. It's gonna. It's kind of weird, but I think I prefer lead, uh Sorry, intercessors versus legionaries just because i i myself am more afraid of the legionary melee capability right. than intercessors that's pretty fair so you know if they close that distance you're you are in for a world of hurt <laughs> that's that's true they get an anointed up there and just start smacking around you know? oh yeah definitely all right but, so you, you don't usually take any of the other archetype because i believe what they have uh recon and seek and destroy Recon, seek and destroy, and security. And security, um, yes. Yeah, I, I typically don't take security. Since the new yeah. crit ops, I <laughs> haven't really experienced too much success with that. Right. You know, maybe I just need more practice with it. But um, seek and destroy. Um, you know, I think most of the time, well, maybe not most of the time, but more than half of the time at least, I probably take recon. I feel like okay. recon now is just very powerful. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. good. I mean, there's a lot to be said, you know, recover item is like, recover item is the one that everyone's yeah. like, oh, how do you, how do you <laughs> even lose with this? Right. It's like, just give me those points really quick. And then, uh, so that, that's a pretty good one. Um, and there, there's a lot of, a lot of other good stuff for that one. But I think most of the time I, I either will take that or seek and destroy. Seek and destroy again is what I will lean towards against elites. So, um, Typically against hordes, it's always recon, but <laughs> yeah. So. Now, uh, with their equipment, do you find yourself wanting more than what they have to offer? Or do you think their equipment is very good right now? I think now after the buff, it is definitely much better. Um, Pre-buff, there was a lot... <laughs> there was not really enough strong options um there were a couple things that were they were okay in the right situation mm -hmm. um you know you have your standard crack and frag that's you know that that's pretty good you know you do want those for kazarkin i think you pretty much most of the time you'll take both um especially on regular troopers because they get that free elite point ability and with a grenade that's very strong mm -hmm. but as far as the rest of their equipment goes they're a little bit lackluster. You know, we had four grips, 
which just you put it on a hotshot las gun and you know you don't take the the negative to your overwatch which was okay for going on guard on into the dark you know that was it was all right it made you still hit on fours okay you know, it's okay um long range scopes as long as you were outside of six inches and you got a crit you got no cover and those were okay as well on uh just a couple of your models and it, it did work for some of the tactical ploys that they have, which is also good. Um, the thing is though, is for the models that you can actually put that on, you're probably not spending a whole lot of resources to up their attack unless you just get like a straight out, very good role because it's, it's typically your less, like it's not your gunners. It's not anybody who is actually has any special profile. Mm-hmm. so that equipment was maybe just not as interesting it was such a small benefit to their shooting that it just maybe wasn't very worthwhile um, the thing that I found myself taking a lot was adrenaline shots uh, I would typically put that on gunners or the medic just because once per game you can ignore an APL modifier or a movement um, modifier so if you're injured you know, you can still move your full in. six. Yeah. And then uh, the medic, of course, you know, once they revive somebody, you can just ignore that. So it's th- that was about it, though. They didn't really have a whole lot that was very useful. Yeah, so. I, I feel like adrenaline shot was when I looked through it, like the thing I'd want to take. Right. Because everything else is more situational. So it's nothing that I can just be like, this is what I'll take every time. Yep. Or with some teams, you're like, I absolutely take this. Well, since we're you know, on, you know, with intercessors, you're always going to take the four or five damage. You're going to add a scope on, and the sergeant is going to hit on a two. Like, th- right. there's there's more obvious ones, um, and that was just something I noticed with Casterkin too. And I don't want to draw too many parallels to Vetguard, but Vetguard had like this array of different equipment, mm-hmm. and it just made it feel so different. So seeing theirs, it felt lackluster. But I guess, I guess I just always feel like I want more, but I probably don't need more. In a lot of the teams, <laughs> I think what they have is probably fine. I think it's just a matter of how you play them, um, making it work. But I mean, now now we have combat blades, so <laughs> and that's yeah, that AP, changes right? changes a lot. Yeah, it's one EP. It's um, and this is that's that's the thing now is like I'm typically swapping. You know, I still take my grenades, still put an adrenaline shot on the medic because it's still still good for him. Course. But then it's like anything else. It's like just combat blade. If I'm being even somewhat aggressive with that model, so like gunners, mm-hmm. throw a combat blade on there. <laughs> Might as well. It's it, it helps a lot. Actually, it doesn't seem like a huge um, like a huge buff. I mean, you know, their, their weapon skill still the same, but that extra damage and then it stacks with the 4K deploy. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, because what it becomes three four damage rate. It becomes uh yep three four, and then if you use four Kadia, that bumps it up to four five. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, the fact that they made it stack is actually that's that's pretty good. Yeah, chainsword damage out there uh, now. It's, exactly, yeah. chainsword on a little knife is insane. Yeah. Now you can't stack that with elite points, right? Is elite points just for shooting, or could you do it in combat? You can do it in combat. Wow. So you really can make it go off. You could become very yes. deadly in combat. Yeah, that's the thing. It's um, if you need to put in five wounds on somebody now, 
Like you can, you know, you can just pop for Katie on a combat blade, charge in there, hope you roll at least like a, you know, even if you roll a four, okay, cool. Spend two elite points. Now it's a crit. What I really like about elite points is it, it's sort of another way of saving your command points because you could just use your elite mm-hmm. points to get the critical or to improve the miss into a hit. Yep. So do you, you find know, yourself with that kind of thing using a lot more stratagems and things like that because you have the command points to use? Yeah, so actually I am a huge fan of the Kazakhan tactical ploys. Okay. Um, the strategic ploys are, they're, they're okay. Um, specifically reposition is probably the most useful. That one is actually, that catches people off guard a lot. Okay. Um, but their tactical ploys are quite strong. Um, that's typically what I'm spending my CP on. There's um, neutralized target, especially, is is incredibly strong, especially on your gunners, especially on like plasma, because uh-huh. that allows you to reroll. It essentially gives you relentless against your target as long as they are, uh, as long as they've already activated, and if they have an engage order, and have already activated, then you can do it. And then if they have a conceal order, and they are not in cover you can use that ploy. So there's some, you know, there's some restriction to it. Of course. But, and, and I think that's a good thing, you know, it would kind of be a little bit overpowered if you could just do it at any time. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you need to, if you need to take something out and your plasma roll or whatever is bad, and this is why I think you always supercharge with Kazakin. You know, it's okay. like, you have so many ways to just change that result. If you roll four ones, like, the very least, you can change one of them with elite points. And then if they have already activated, whatever it is, you could just go neutralize target, reroll everything. Like that's that's pretty scary for plasma. If you ask me, I don't I don't like when people even CP reroll one die with plasma. So Absolutely. <laughs> like being able to reroll everything is pretty terrifying. But um so that that's a very strong one. Um being able to reroll initiative is huge as well. That's a big one. I'd forgotten they have. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's every turn, right? Not just the first. Yeah. It's yep. You can do it every turn. Um, wow. Yeah. It's a uh, very very useful if you because typically what I will do is I will if I know I didn't have initiative last time, so I win the tie this this coming around. Mm-hmm. You just position somebody really aggressively, and then if you don't get it off the roll and it's like, okay, maybe I could actually beat this. You know, if they were all like a, like a four and you roll below that, but you win that tiebreaker. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty tempted to spend that CP to re-roll it. You know, that, that can be pretty strong. Yeah. Not many teams. I don't think anybody can do that other than I think vet guard have an equipment to do it. Right. Yeah. uh, I don't want to say it's the chrono something. I want to say that's it, but I could be wrong about that. I can't remember off the top of my head. That might be it. I think that's right. But it's like, it's not very, very common. No. Yeah. That's, that's very specialty to you guys. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge one. I love doing that. (laughs) That That's a trick. I would have never thought of myself. Yeah. Thanks for the, thanks for that pro tip right there, man. Oh yeah. No problem. And then, uh, Oh, man, I, I do love their tactical ploys because for Kadia, like I said before, adding that extra damage on top of your combat blade now, and then you get a five up feel no pain. Oh. <laughs> you can really overextend with that, you know, and it's not the odds of you surviving are are, are decent, 
you know, it's yeah, extra wound now, and then five up feel no pain. I'll take it. And that's a good team so, right there. Yeah. Yeah, I could almost see them beating out VetGuard now in the grand scheme of things because, well, you are more specialized and you you hit your your, your hits are more guaranteed. But on top of that, you have better tack ops overall that you can take. Yeah, yeah, I definitely could see them, you know, up above VetGuard, especially with oh. the new buff. If only Dakota were here, I could could challenge him to a rematch. <laughs> one one day, you know, hey, you come out to California, maybe we'll go out over there. Uh, hey, that's or, the goal. You know, I I would love to. We'd love for you to come out to the All Valley Team Tournament, you know? That is the goal. I do want to go there with uh, the other members of Six Sided Legion. We really want to get there, so hopefully. Hey. Yeah, we'd love to have you out there. It'd be awesome. And, mm-hmm. and all players, anyone who wants to come out to SoCal can definitely come to this. Well, tickets are available. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's, there's only so much space the fire marshal allows in a building, you know? Yep. <laughs> now, with kind of moving away from Kasserkins and kind of going more into the critical missions, what are your thoughts on the changes that um, that happened with the critical missions, like the, their scores going higher? I'm a huge fan of that. Um, I think for everything, you know, Loot and Salvage is the only one that it's almost impossible to max out on now right um but with that being said for secure and capture i think that change is that was that was awesome i'm a huge fan because now if you maxed previously before this change you maxed out on your primaries it didn't necessarily mean a whole lot you know it meant that okay you probably got you know your first two turning points maybe you didn't even play too aggressive and push up that much and take anything from your opponent. Maybe you just held your three. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the game, once a lot of models are off the board, then you just moved up and, and stole one, right? Like, it's not too big of a deal. But I feel like now, in order to max your game, it's actually going to take way more, way more effort. And just if you see it, I think that will actually show now that you actually had a, a very good game. You know, not saying you didn't have a good game previously, you know, but now there can be such a large gap in the total VPs in terms of primaries. Right. And I'm a big fan of that. I I think that's that was a very good change. It was. There was a bunch of ties before. And I know if Dakota was here, he would tell you as a TO, you know, ties all over the place. I'm seeing ties everywhere. (laughs) And we, we yeah. when we got to run an event with the changes, we noticed, well, there was a little bit less ties because now people could just get those few extra points they needed to be two or three points ahead and go, now I guaranteed this winning spot, you know? Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. I think it was a great change. So I'm definitely on board with it. I do think it it's unfortunate with loot and salvage that we're probably not going to see anybody maxing, but I also don't think that's really necessary. You know, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, not too much. Loot and salvage is one of the few missions I always thought was pretty well done regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was never disappointed by it. It's, it's one of the few missions I almost don't like playing because I play a lot of elite teams and I don't oh, want to yeah. just sort of babysit a point. Definitely. But, uh, but I think that mission is one of the more balanced ones, in my opinion. Others will have their opinions, which is totally fine. This is a game of opinions, movement, 
And that's about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now y- you got to see Gallo fall when that was revealed. Yes. Are you excited for any of the teams in particular? So I'm excited um, in the sense that I was not expecting either one of those teams. Right. It was you pretty know, I, left I, field. I, it really was. You know, I don't know how many people were expecting that, you know, but um, that's pretty exciting. I, I do love when just things just come so randomly like that. Like, I think, oh man, if this feels like forever ago, but when intercession squad became a team, mm-hmm. you know, that really just kind of came out of nowhere too. And it's just like, Hey, here's some rules. There you go. I was like, <laughs> awesome. Like that's, that's cool stuff. I love surprises like that, you know, and I feel like they've done a good job with that. Now I don't know enough about the teams to be like, Oh, you know, that's going to be strong or whatever and stuff like that. But right. I think they're going to be cool at the very least. Right. So I don't know. You know, I, I'm definitely, um, we've talked about somebody in the group potentially picking them up when they come out. So I'll be excited to see them and see how they, how they do. But, um, yeah, they're cool. They're definitely cool. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to not only the teams, but also the change of the season. Cause once this is out, give or take, you know, I think their track record is about three months. Then a new season will probably begin because this is the right. last one of the, the Gallo series. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hoping we're getting some gene stealers. Cause I thought that's what we were yeah. going to get in this one. That didn't happen. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people thought, you know, it's, that will be an exciting one as well. I can't wait for that too. So. It's time for, for some of the compendiums to get the glow up and become bespoke. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely time. Uh, well, is there anything you'd like to say to any of your friends out there and your family? Uh, I don't know, maybe your dog, if you have a dog or a cat. Oh man, if my dog was listening right now, oh, you know what? That would make my day right there. <laughs> uh, if only. No, um, I basically, you know, just thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. You know, I love what you guys are putting out. So I'm glad I could par- participate. Um, hopefully, hopefully I'll get to see you at, like I said, all Valley team fair. I want to, I want to go to that tournament so bad. And we want you there. Really good things. So hopefully I'll get to see you guys pretty soon. Pretty soon. Yeah. Within this year, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, six sided Legion forever. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Check us out. We got a lot more coming out. So. So you guys can find that. We're going to have that in the show notes so you guys can click it. If you're on mobile, it works best on mobile. We kind of noticed because the links work on mobile. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> check out Six Sided Legion, you know. You can see all the stuff they do. It's quality content. I enjoy watching it. It's a lot of fun. It's good, good to hear. Definitely come by, you know, leave some recommendations or whatever you guys want to see too. Or we are definitely open to whatever the viewers want to see. So. Even if we've done it before, we will do it again, but slightly different. So. I want some more 2v2s. We know we actually, we will be doing, um, we're going to be doing some three and four player games. So that will be coming out. Thank goodness. I got to try it and it's so much fun. It is. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of chaos. It's a lot of chaos. It's good. Well, I want to thank our uh, patrons. You know, they, they bankroll the show, let it happen. And, you know, we really appreciate it. You can find us on Patreon.com if you want to join as a patron. 
That's on patreon.com slash squad games, patreon.com slash squad games. And on top of that, you can find us on our discord at the squad games discord. Uh, Mr. Brett is part of that as well. And including some of the other partners there, you know, we're always trying to chat and engage with as many people as we can. So if you have any questions, feel free to drop in in the discord there links in the show notes. And you can find us on Instagram at squad underscore games, underscore entertainment. Again, that's squad underscore games, underscore entertainment on Instagram. Um, yeah, you know, and I just really appreciate everyone coming on down and, uh, yeah. All right. Until next time, guys. Bye.